Midakiapi, Alene Eagle Shield Amachiapi, Iushkiawachiankapi. Hello, my name is Alene Eagle Shield. Um, I am recording this podcast for my American Indian Studies class 592. Um, and we decided with my dad, hey, my dad helped me, I decided to name this podcast Awotrala um, Igluha. John Senior. John Good afternoon or good day to you. Uh, I offer this day to you. I'm uh, John Eagle Shield Sr. and uh, originally from the Little Eagle or Running Antelope community. And uh, I am uh, 73 years old this year and I have a few things to say. So, good day. All right. So, um, Dad, this is for my class and it's. Um this week we're discussing stories and values and so the articles that um, we discussed are Nina Boju Goes Fishing and it's a sovereignty story. It's by Stark and Stark. Um, thinking of the work that you do with the Elders Preservation Council, what are some of the things that um, encourage you, I guess, in, in the work that you do? Well, regarding the uh, Elder Preservation Council, I think uh, one of the things we wanted to uh, focus on was uh, a return to a a more traditional um, uh, type of uh, uh, government or or uh, lifestyle here. Um, we have, uh, I guess, an issue around delegated authority. We have a tribal mm-hmm. council. And uh, they represent uh, the elected delegated authority for our tribe. And currently, it is not working for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, uh, uh, I, I, we are not a uh, IRA tribe, which is the Indian Reorganization. And one of the things uh, we want to do was to uh, foster some amendments to our own tribal constitution. A constitution that was uh, um, developed by Washitu white people for us, and uh, this also came about um, uh, regarding uh, who our elected officials are, and mm-hmm. and that's where our problem is right now. We have uh, in our history a lawsuit of uh, one feather versus white eagle had to do with uh, equal representation um, for for the number of people that we have. Unfortunately, those that were, are today still, um, elected from, to represent their community, often go to the council and totally forget about their community. They're, mm. they're in it for themselves and they make up their own decisions so uh, one feather versus white ego brought about equal re- elected representation, one man, one vote. And this is how all of the uh, seven at large uh, 
uh, positions came about. We would like to see uh, perhaps a restoration of uh, a, a traditional form of representation. And in order to do that, uh, there are certain amendments to our tribal constitution that we would like to consider and and uh, develop before our elections that are coming up uh, in a few months here. Uh, in the past, uh, our representation to our main council came from each Tioshpae uh, or Wichoti, uh, our communities, and they weren't elected. Your, your representation were appointed. So they uh, definitely had to have their community's best wishes in mind when they go sit on the council. Right now it's elected and, mm -hmm. uh, and it's just not working at this time. And, and that's one of the things we, we want to change. However, this whole issue of uh, how to initiate um, referendum uh, ballots or referendum uh, process on, on the ballots that are going to come up uh, in a few months here. And it, it'll take two-thirds of uh, our tribal population to, to make some changes. And uh, that was one of the things we, we really wanted to do. And uh, hopefully um, the process has already started. There are people that are are trying to uh, update our whole tribal enrollment uh, uh, um, population. Uh, those that leave and live off the reservation are just not uh, counted mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in the process that goes on today. So those that live on a reservation here on Standing Rock uh, receive the uh, benefits of of uh, any programs or 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 monetary uh, issues that come down, and that's what we wanted to to change. Maybe to include all of our tribal members, both on and off reservation. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, um, we need individuals that uh, truly have their people' best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that. We have to make some changes, and and one of the things we need to talk about is amendments to our tribal constitution by referendum, or um, by uh, binding referendum. I recall back in 1993 when uh, Prairie Nights Casino first opened up, there was a referendum vote on liquor sales. And overwhelmingly, the people voted against liquor sales by referendum vote. And our council at that time said, well, it's just an advisory referendum, so we don't need to really um, follow that. And, and it's been that way ever since. So there are a lot of things that we need to change on our constitution. And, and this was the main one that we're talking about. Uh, a change of uh, representation. So each community would have or appoint a representative to the council and to get rid of the the at-large. And I figured, we figured, <clears throat> if you're going to um, 
have a council that has the best interests of your community in mind, then you're going to have to abide by what your community wishes are instead of your own. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's where it is right now. And there are a lot of other um, uh, issues. The other one, <clears throat> again, to change or to eliminate by referendum vote is our... Um, uh, our Roberts Rules of Order. We had uh, some uh, uh, tribal council uh, motions that uh, had to do with uh, Dakota Access Pipeline and, and that issue. So there was a motion to to bring this issue, and then one of them piped up with the Roberts Rules of Order. They wanted to make a supplemental motion and a second and refer it back to committee and uh, that seems to be the norm. So those those are probably the two biggest issues that we would like to get changed. One is the election of of uh, the at-large and to have communities appoint, represent people that will represent them that they know and, and trust and respect mm-hmm. and to get rid of the the uh, the Roberts Rules of Order and and just like uh, the the uh, Senate and Congress in in Washington, they're they're having this fight over a a, a filibuster, and uh, you don't want to get anything passed. All you got to do is get a dictionary and start reading and and keep it on going till somebody uh, uh, loses interest. And uh, things like that need to change out there. And we need to have that changed here. Thank you for sharing that. Cause what I've been able to experience through like the Native Nation Rebuilders program, um, through classes that I'm taking now, like this Indigenous Sovereignties class, Indigenous Methodologies, Indigenous Pedagogy, which these are all big words that don't even matter. But I've been able to read um, what other communities are doing. I've been able to visit other communities like I've gone up to the you know the Arctic Indigenous Wellness Foundation have had begun healing camps. I've been able to see um, different freedom schools across the country, like the Aquasasne Freedom School, the um, Indian Community School of Milwaukee, all these other communities that are figuring out how to learn from each other, uh, enact their sovereignty and really lean into what they want to see within their communities and so I think leading back to this dark and stark article it reminded me of you too because I think when I think of how you can hunt year round here on Standing Rock and even today we had a meeting um uh my nonprofit, the Mini Michoni Clinic and Farm which I am the co-executive director of we have this project called the Chanchasha Revitalization Project and Chanchasha is Red Willow and it's our traditional tobacco. And so we have uh, four objectives that we want to meet, and which is identifying four natural <laughs> cricks in our community um, and figure out where to plant 500 uh, seedlings of chashasha or red willow and develop a natural walking path for future propagation and also developing a a protocol or an informational product of some sort. And... Um, it's been a beautiful couple of meetings so far and and we've just been talking about you know where we're gonna plant this cha-sha-sha how we're gonna um, 
what what spaces we're going to choose and my dad <laughs> you were like well just anywhere pick a spot we'll go plant them and <laughs> but then realizing that our own people have um done this to ourselves where where we don't give each other that space to to be able to plant things ourselves and to be able to roam the lands ourselves because of you know leasing out land just like in the article it talks about um, the allotment period and so you think about the checkerboard areas that we have in our communities and and why it's so complicated when we think of land that's near the water which is army corps land or um, in this area you know and so so it gets super complicated and so one of the tasks that my dad has through the group that of of our project for transnational revitalization is looking up the maps and trying to help us make sure that we're doing things in a good way and i love the story that you share maybe if you want to share the story of one bull because it's been helpful for me to to visit these other communities and learn from them like how you talked about the um robert rules of order for the nonprofit that i'm the co-executive director of we do a consensus model for making any decisions and people will bring ideas forward and either make a motion to start it or don't but they'll bring an idea forward we'll have discussion and if nobody questions it then it's then it's basically approved or passed and I think that's been something that we've been really trying to imagine and also just being co-executive directors I think is for me has been huge because I'm able to see that we don't have to have a hierarchical system. We can lean into traditional models of, of governing ourselves and doing things in a collaborative way and not having one leader at the top or one chairman or one president. Well, the other article I'm referencing is um, Mana Maori Motuhake by Mutu. Um, and the way they discuss the differences between sovereignty for the Maori people and sovereignty between what what the English feel that sovereignty means and and my dad has been helping me to figure out this um a title for you know a podcast or a blog or whatever it is that I've been um putting out in the universe for some time now and so for this class to just um have this be one of the assignments is just for me it, it's creator I guess um finding that path for me because I don't know if I would have done it otherwise my dad has been helping me to think of this name for a while now um it's Owotana Igaluha and if you want to describe it my way of of coming about this was um when when we were still Lakota uh we had uh, certain values and, and morals that guided us every day and one of the things was um we would never brag about ourselves. We would never put ourselves in a position where we we tell people, I did this, I did that, it was me, it was my idea and all that, you know. Uh, to do that was uh, a form of dishonesty. Mm. So if you had to, to uh, reference that, there was always somebody in the community or or part of the Teoshpaya that would stand up and say, you know, my relative did this and my relative did that and and give him credit for all of this kind. So, oh, oh, And um, so that whole process would remain truthful and honest and straightforward. And, and igluha also means to be independent. So this all this all kind of fits together.
-hmm. But you need to keep in mind that at one time there was a frame of mind that uh, our people had. And uh, uh, in order, in order to, 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 to uh, explain that, I always tell uh, the story of uh, uh, Henry Oscar Wunbull, mm -hmm. which was uh, Sitting Bull's own nephew. And he lost his father early, so Sitting Bull raised him. So over the years, and, and he, Wunbull passed on in 1948 at the age of 99, I believe. And uh, everything that he embodied was a direct uh, reflection of what Sitting Bull must have been. So when you talk about him, uh, one bull had a firm foundation of Lakota uh, values and morals and language and traditions. He always had a good disposition. Nobody could ever think of a time when, when uh, he had uh, a mean or a bad word to say about anybody. He always was a, a gentle soul. I mean, you know, he went to war and, and all of that kind. But... Uh, a firm foundation, a good disposition, and uh, a world view. And at that time, back in the uh, the the early 1900s, um, he made a circle tour uh, through through Minnesota, North Dakota, up into Canada, back down through Montana, Wyoming, Nebraska, South Dakota, and then back to the Grand River again. So at that time, that was a good world view. He knew individuals, he knew tribes, he made relatives, he knew plants and animals and insects and landmarks. He would never get lost. A world view. So I was thinking about that and I would wish that for all of our youth uh, or, or anybody. To, to to emulate him, to to develop a foundation of, of your heritage, to have a good disposition, and most of all, to have a world view, to go out there and see uh, what what's out there. And when you come back, you're you're a changed person, and okay. you're you're better for it, and your people are better for it. And we don't have that too often. Um, just just certain ones get the opportunity to to go travel and and I had that opportunity and I always think that uh, that that made me a better person mm -hmm. and those that also did the the very same thing they were a better person um, I kept those in mind I kept them to heart I left home when I was 15 I could have been in all kinds of trouble but that was impressed upon me to, mm -hmm. to be that kind of a person. So that's my wish for our youth today, to, to, to go out and see the world and, and be better human beings. And, and once you do that, you will see that you can be. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that's my short story of one uh, bull. Well, thanks, Dad. I, um, I really... My professor, the one for this class and other classes, um, have just 
been noticing and taking note when I share stories of you or I talk about lessons I've learned from you. And so um, this is a real treat that they get to have here. And they have been also just encouraging me to to continue to visit with you and to share stories with you. And um, and so that's what I want to do. And this is a start. Okay. Well, I thank you, Chungshi. I mm-hmm. thank you for having me do this with you and and I had a whole bunch written here, but I could say that for another time. <laughs> well, well, I got a couple more weeks of readings, and you're going to be here for, what did you say, 30, 40 more years? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, okay. Thank you.